Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the weaker vessel. Hello, everyone. If you want to get to know more about us, you can find Reformed Rebel Network Remix (laughs) on social media, on YouTube. Please follow, subscribe. If you are edified by our content and you like it, please share it with your friends. You can go to our old website, rebelalliancemedia.com, to find a bunch of articles and other content on there, as well as our store. And then to financially support us, the best way to do that is go to patreon.com slash reformed rebel. Is it reformed rebel? Yeah. Can we change that? It is. Yep. Yeah, cool. the pa- yeah. The Patreon's good to go. Cool. It's just the website, the pesky website we need to switch. Yeah, I mean, when you switch names, there's all kinds of fun little things you got to... Well, and some websites allow you to do it. Some websites don't. Sometimes they only let you do it every it's so It's all gravy, often. baby. It's all gravy. So uh, you can support us on there. As little as $2 a month gets you a whole bunch of content. We've been trying to put more on there. So all cards on the table. Uh-oh, here we go. All in. <laughs> This has been a very weird season for us. I think it has been for everybody. It's been for everybody. Without your consent either. (laughs) So Nate and Chris Poots typically have a podcast. Called the Rebel Podcast. The OG Rebel Podcast. Right. Uh, We are an add-on. They are. An amendment to theirs. They are the founders, the forefathers. And their stuff is way better than ours. Right. So if you if you like ours, you will love theirs because theirs is far superior. So (laughs) hold hold out. I think they're coming back. So (laughs) just hang on. Nate is a pastor, and he has been very busy during this season. His job got like ten times busier when this happened. Right. Uh, He's the only pastor as of right now of a fairly decently sized church, and so I think Mm -hmm. he's had a very heavy workload. And so obviously podcasting wasn't top of his priority list. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was a, it was low on the priority list anyway. So what? I think he did a pretty good job of making it a priority beforehand. Well, definitely not before church things. No, no, no. That's all I meant, Nate and everyone else. That's what I meant. Um, but anyway, it's just been kind of a weird season for all of us. Right. So they've not put out a podcast in a couple of months, I think, mm-hmm. but they are coming back. Do not worry. Yep. I mean, once again, Lord willing, I don't want to promise something, but I know, right? that's the plan. They're coming back when things get figured out here. Um, we have been sketchy at best. Yep. Sorry Almost about every that. every week, but a few weeks we've had to. There have been a couple of times we've put out a podcast with Chris Poots and that's been super fun. We need to do that again. Yeah, we need to ask up. Chris. Yeah. See how things anyway, are going on up there. We had Sandra on, right? Didn't we? Or we recorded one with her and it got lost, I think. Yeah, it was corrupted, which unfortunately happens. Sometimes. Every dozen episodes or, or this more. This is what happens when you have a very low budget. <laughs> yeah. This is when you do things on the cheap. But anyway, so we did record an episode with Sandra. She should still get credit. It just right. didn't make it out. Yep. It didn't get out to the world. So everything we said in our patron content about Sandra being here probably made no sense because we didn't put out the episode with her. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> and if you guys didn't catch it, we did a little series that was released just on YouTube and it was called Little Pilgrim's Promise. And I recorded four episodes with our kids and the Rowlett kids, Sandra mm-hmm. and Scotty's kids, um, right here in our house, right back there. And we walked through um, the Puritans, the story of the Puritans and the ones that came to America. And their quest for liberty yeah. and the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Right. So we traced them from England to Holland to America and talked about... It was about- very post-mill and wonderful. It'll warm your heart. If you haven't watched it yet, the episodes are fairly short. I think it's like... I think the longest one is 18 minutes. minutes. Shortest is 12. Right. But like Grand does a really good job of like talking... Um, to the kids on like a, a childish level, mm-hmm. but still making sure that they're understanding like biblical concepts and you have some cute little Q and a thing at the end where you're asking the kids questions and we do have a coloring sheet that goes along with it. Right. Yeah. That was uploaded on Patreon for the patrons. The patrons got that. Okay. Um, we didn't upload it to social media for people to download. So if you are a pay- patron, yeah, then you should have a corresponding coloring sheet for your kids. Yep. Um, yeah. So we hope you enjoyed that content. If you have not listened to it yet, go check it out. It is really cute and it's helpful. And honestly, I learned a lot because I didn't learn a ton about the Puritans in school. And so... Grant did a good job of exposing some history that like even I think a lot of adults don't know. Yeah. And if you watch all four together, it's probably an hour. Mm-hmm. And if you like it, please share it because stuff like that has to get labeled as content for kids on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so it, it doesn't come up in like suggested video feeds and stuff. That's part of their, right. their little algorithms and stuff. So it needs people to share it. Right. So please share it. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. The videos are free. The coloring sheets are patron content. Yeah. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can find that on YouTube? Yeah. Little Pilgrim's Promise. And it's on our channel, the Reformed Rebel Network channel. On right. YouTube, so if you so. don't subscribe there, go subscribe there as well. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. That was, but we knew that we weren't putting out as much and we were able to put that together. So that way there was some still there was still some content coming right. out of the network. So right. We're, good. we're working on it y'all. It's going to be a hustle here. The patrons already know, like we're getting ready to move in the next six weeks, Lord willing right, right. to Canada. So we're going from New York to Ontario. It's going to be a whole thing. So just bear with us. All of us are in this like weird transition season. Yeah. If we're spotty, please just forgive us. We're trying. And everyone's on pause. And, and let's be weird. honest, like our podcast is not essential. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you can happily just go download something better. Yeah. And there's even like Ligonier made all their stuff free till the end of June, I think. Maybe they even extended it. So there's a lot of different ministries doing things to uh, to help with the downtime at the moment. So, And if you guys can hear our neighbors upstairs, I'm really yeah. sorry about that. If you hear the... Some house music. Yeah, the pulsating house music going on. <laughs> it's apartment living. Is that up there outside? That's crazy loud, isn't it? it is very Y'all, loud. this is crazy. It's a Monday night, people. I think it's upstairs. So I think this is a good segue into our topic. You know why? Because it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, because... 
I feel like the curfew in New York City should not be 11. It should be 8 because it's past 8 o'clock and it'd be nice if they had to shut their music off. And so anyway, you heard me mention it. New York City uh, just today announced that we have a curfew, 11 p.m. to 5 a.m., mm-hmm. which sucks if you have the night shift at a job. They right? got papers. They got, oh, okay, good. So legalize there. They have hall pass? Yeah, they do. have a hall pass. That's good. I did some research. So Not much, really, just reading Facebook comments. Obviously, that is because of the riots. If you guys looked at, you know... If you've been living under a rock in the last Yeah, I don't know how you could not know what's what's going on. Okay, so maybe we should start from square one. Should we? The Ahmad Arbery. Everyone's been locked down for almost three months. Yeah. I mean, coronavirus happens. Everyone's number one. Poor, stressed out, or making tons of money on unemployment. I mean, yeah, but for many different reasons, people are stressed out and already emotionally raw. Mm -hmm. Then uh, the Ahmad Arbery situation happened in Georgia, and that was in Georgia. Um, it was a black man who was accused. allegedly jogging and was accused of burglary mm-hmm. by two men who were patrolling the neighborhood, just regular old Joe citizens, and um, they pursued him for trespassing on right. a construction site they were trying to make a citizen's arrest and somehow this man ended up being shot to death so naturally the uh victim Ahmad Arbery was a black man and these men who did the citizen's arrest were white two white men so instantly it was labeled some sort of race yes uh conflict so there was already raw tensions about that and then in Minnesota in Minneapolis there was the George Floyd incident where um I'm still kind of sketchy on the details of this one he was using a $20 bill that was a fake $20 bill yeah he had he he purchased something in a local grocery store I think Mm -hmm. and he used a fake $20 bill to buy it and then somehow they tracked him down down the street or something like that yeah anyway somehow this man was arrested by a cop Right outside the store. Right outside the store. And the cop, I'm sure you've all seen the videos. If you haven't, I mean, you can find them very easily. It's disturbing. It's disturbing. So if that, that sort of thing, you know, troubles you, don't watch it. Right. Um, but basically a cop had arrested him, put him in cuffs, laid him on his belly on the ground. Mm-hmm. And he was cuffed, not fighting back or anything like that. Totally compliant the cop puts his knee on like his neck because the man's Mm -hmm. chin is like basically. Yeah. His, his head is turned to the side. So like cheek to the asphalt. Right. And then the cop's knee is on his neck. On his jugular basically. And like the, both are, when you're looking at it, both the cop and the, the guy being arrested, George Floyd, is are looking at you. Yes. So just imagine so you can that in your see head. See the look in the man's eyes the as cop. the life drains out of his face. Yeah. And there were, I think, four cops that were there to assist in the arrest. Mm-hmm. Four cops in total, so three to assist. Um, once again, these are all the facts are still coming out. If I'm misrepresenting something, it's not intentional. This is just what I know. Um, and there was a crowd of people, mm-hmm. obviously someone recording it as this is happening, and they're yeah. telling the cops 
yo, he's not fighting you. He's not fighting you. He you know, can't get, breathe. He can't breathe. Get your knee off of him. He can't breathe. Um, you're and, killing him. Yeah, and at the beginning of the altercation, the guy, George Floyd, uh, image bearer of God, George Floyd, is asking, hey, I can't breathe. I can't. He's, he's pleading for his life. I can't breathe. I'm going right. to die. And one of I the cops, breathe. snarkily, is that a word, snarkily? It is now. It is now. Basically was like, well, if you can talk, you can breathe. Yeah, which is ignorant, but yeah. But, but so there's already this like, we're not going to accommodate right. you. We just already think you're a liar. Mm-hmm. Um, just, it got, it, it's just so disturbing on so many levels. Yeah, really. one of them, and one of them during the thing looks at the crowd and says, this is why you don't do drugs, kids. Yeah, just very flippant. And it, it had nothing to do with the case. He was, it was forgery and nothing to do with drugs. Right. So it's just a offhanded, dismissive, cocky attitude. And that's what I saw the very first time. And I had watched the video before I listened to Apologia Radio's episode Mm -hmm. on this or Cross Politics episode, which I both think did a really good job. And Mm -hmm. I would recommend that everyone go listen to both of those Christian media outlets covering this. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I remember watching it and just going, man, those cops just look cocky, false bravado. Yeah. That, oh, here it goes something. Here it is. Extreme alert. What does it say? Is it just the curfew? Yeah. Wow. I'm going to freak us all out for a curfew. Yeah. It says extreme alert. Yeah, that's extreme. Citywide curfew at 11 p.m. Um, so there you go. That's some fun live action of what's happening in New York. Yep. Um, okay. So you were saying it just, it felt like bravado. Yeah. It like, felt like they were like trying to prove I'm superior. Right. And as the, the, the guy taking the video, obviously with his phone and the other people on the sidewalk were saying, bro, let him up. He's not even fighting you. I think one of the women even said like, I'm a firefighter. Like you're killing this guy. Like really? I, I have credentials even, and I yeah. can tell you're doing something and it, wrong here. It looked like at the beginning of the video, his knee was on his neck and his neck was sort of coming off the ground, back on the ground. Not, not forcefully, but it was like, okay, maybe he's not pushing so hard. But then as it went along, it, he eventually was pushing so hard that his neck stayed on the ground and didn't come up. Now, I mean, George could, Floyd might have been tired. He might right. have been fighting it early and then now was having to give up because now he's tired and he was well, just trying to stay alive. Yeah. And we can get into the logistics of all that. Honestly, I prefer yeah. not to because it's just so disturbing to yeah. me. Um, and so because of this police violence, this sparked um protests throughout in the country and minneapolis first of all yeah starting in minneapolis which i'm from wisconsin so chicago and minneapolis like i grew up basically in between both they're both about two hours from where i grew up so i know both those cities very well mm-hmm. i mean i didn't like live in the city but like well enough to know that this isn't an isolated incident necessarily um and I think that's what makes it so heartbreaking. But, but yeah, so these riots bro- or these protests broke out. Yeah. Once the protests happened, riots started happening as well. Mm-hmm. And there is a difference between riots and protesting. Right. Protesting is an American right. 
we have the right to assemble and we have the right to protest. We do not have the right to inflict harm on someone else. Right. So there, that distinction must be made. Um, or to destroy property. And... and so Grant and I have been watching these protests kind of trickle throughout the country. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been um, protests in Dallas, in Atlanta, obviously in New York City, in LA, Seattle. Seattle. I mean, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Nashville, Fayetteville, where we lived before here, yeah, which is right really by, weird. Yeah, North Carolina. Um, and in many of these cases, it has turned violent and ugly. Right. And I have watched Christians on my social media page um, talk about racism and talk about how being silent is being complicit. Mm-hmm. And then I have watched Christians talk about how, um, like, basically the issue of police brutality doesn't exist. That yes, there's a bad cop here and there, but that overall the system is fine and then everything in between. And so Grant and I have been very slow to speak on the issue. It's been four or five days now since the riots began. Like it's been longer even, but. Like Thursday, Friday-ish. Yeah, about a week. Um, And that is intentional. We intentionally did take our time, right? Yeah, we, we really, we understand that usually everyone has a very emotional response to things like this right away but then facts come out and you know there's additions to the story and things get revealed and you look like a fool because you responded too quick just based on emotions or whatever it was and you're like oh and i gotta you know retract some things yeah i gotta and that's a biblical principle too the proverbs are full of um proverbs saying like don't be quick to make a judgment. There's wait until many counselors wait until you have all the facts. Right. Um, keep your mouth closed. So you don't prove yourself to be a fool. Don't answer a matter until you have heard the whole. Yeah. Until you heard the whole, whole spiel. Yeah. That's spiel. Or one way seems right until the other one tells their story. Exactly. And so definitely paraphrasing, but no, this is word. This is verbatim. <laughs> verbatim, the message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we wanted to be like quiet and to consider everything. We wanted to make sure that when we do speak on this topic, that it is very thoughtful, um, that it is not an emotional response because we are Christians and we are baptized Christians. We've been given the Holy Spirit who has allowed for us to be self-controlled individuals, not controlled by our emotions. But um, we also wanted to look at um, just God's law. Like how does God's law bear on the situation once we do have those facts? Right. Um, I need to grab my Bible and and uh, and pull that open to read something. So I want to read something word for word from that. The Ten Commandments. <laughs> yeah, well, there's one, right? Uh, Thou shalt not steal. We've seen a ton of looting. Just that one commandment would help there, right? Also, thou shalt not murder. Yes. I mean, we could just go yeah, through the Ten Commandments and be like, hey, maybe if we just followed God's law, a lot of these issues that we're having wouldn't be issues at all. 
Maybe the fact that we have taken God's law out of our courtrooms is what has given us a corrupt justice system because we don't have God's law um, showing us what justice actually is. And that is a problem. And so when we look at um, a situation like we have right now where we have race wars, we have, uh, which I don't think is the majority of people, right? Because you and I um, would not look at this and say, this is a race issue at its foundation. It's become a race issue, mm-hmm. but the issue at hand really is a corrupt justice system at its very nucleus. And then there are tiers that go out from there. Um, one of them being that there is a racial bias, I feel like is, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy if you look at just how the criminal justice system works. There is a, a bias and a bent against black people and minorities. Would you say? I think the fact that we criminalize things that shouldn't be criminalized necessarily. Uh, I'm trying to like not get into like, (laughs) it's, it's so hard because I look at like our laws and I just think like, we just don't need all these laws. Yeah. There's so many of it. That's stupid, just stupid. And when you look at God and I know I'm being, you know, so profound, right. Uh, but when you go to God's law and you see how simple and how mm-hmm. wise it is, then turn around and you compare it and look at ours and you go, what in the heck are we doing? Right. You know, and, and I think there are laws, some of the welfare state type stuff that we do really was. Um, Colonization. It, well, and it really only applied to the minority demographic. Some of those things didn't apply to you know, white people or the established communities who have been here for generations and generations. So when these laws were enacted, it only applied to that struggling, impoverished minority. But all and it might not be a minority, right? Because okay, so receipts. Well, I did not say racial minority. I just said minority. So receipts. I am sixty percent, give or take ten percent, Jewish. So technically Middle Eastern, right? <laughs> technically, even though I don't look like I have brown skin, because mm-hmm. it's not summertime yet. Um, <laughs> like, and, and so I look at it and I can look at my, it's my father's side. I can look at my father's family history and they came to America because they were fleeing from oppression. Mm-hmm. They were fleeing from a country that was literally persecuting them just because of who they were. Right. And I'm only fourth generation, so it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And they literally came with nothing, and they built themselves up. And even my dad worked, you know, his fingers to the bone just trying to provide for his family. Mm-hmm. And so I, I look at that person, and I think um, my father did not have the same power as, like, Rockefeller. Right, of course. Right. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with like being black or being white. And like what you're trying to say is if you are an immigrant, you just have less power. And that's just true. Right. Like if we are not even trying to be racial or anything, like if you come with nothing and you have nothing to offer, Mm -hmm. then you have less power. Yeah. So. So if now the laws that we are, um, passing 
are going to make it harder for that person, that immigrant, mm-hmm. then what you're doing is oppressing them, right? Yeah. Because that law, whatever law it is, um, let's just say you put a 50% tax on all cigarettes. Okay, well, the poor immigrant who's barely scraping two pennies together, that's going to be much more of a hardship for him than, you know, Rockefeller, who what's, what's 50 cents tax on a pack of cigarettes? It's like nothing, right? right? And this is not to say that, um, this is where like the social justice warriors get it so wrong, because what I'm not saying is, well, then tax the rich people more to make up for the poor people take it easy on the poor people. What right. I'm saying is let's just stop passing stupid laws yeah, altogether. Like why is there a tax anyway? Why are we tax like why are we passing these laws which it's our cat. Great. Why are we passing these these arbitrary laws that don't need to be laws? Yeah. That are creating hardships and creating tension where there doesn't need to be hardships and tension. Right. So what should have done according to God's law which is if you steal you you pay it back and it was different. It was four times or something. <clears throat> and so if uh, George Floyd had presented a, you know, a fake $20 bill and he did it knowingly, he knew that he was presenting a fake $20 bill. If it, if he was caught in it, there's video surveillance at the store that he did it on purpose. And so he's, so he, there's witnesses, right? There's the cashier, the video, He's guilty. He should not be arrested. Right. He should not be put to the ground, arrested, or any of that. Any of that. He should have gotten a citation, and there should have been a reporter. Or a whatever. restitution. Now you have to pay back. And then the yeah, and then he would have arrived in court, and they would have said, "You presented a twenty dollar bill, and now you owe forty to the store owner or to whoever it was that was lost out, not the city." not the state, you pay back to them. And right? so this is where I was trying to probably very poorly talk about like how it actually ends up hurting these minority cultures or poor cultures probably is a better way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you are the man who stole, if you are the um, George Floyd who stole the 20, what if you didn't know it was fake or what if you did either way, if you have to pay back someone the money, done. Offense over, all is forgiven, move on. Right. But if you go to jail, which he didn't even get that luxury, he was murdered. Mm-hmm. But if you go to jail, yeah. then you have this criminal record, which haunts you for the rest of your life. Yep. Now you can't even make money. Now you can't hold down certain types of jobs. Now you can't better your family. Now mm-hmm. you can't move past that wrong, that sin that you committed. Mm-hmm. It will always be held again. There is no actual forgiveness there, right? right? Yeah. And that's where I just think these laws are so so stupid. Yeah. And they actually are unjust. Well, and you got to think when we pass those certain laws, yes, it crushes the poor and then the rich guy is going to look at his profit margin mm-hmm. and 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 look at how he can keep that still, which usually means cutting jobs or something like that. Usually, uh, a rich guy, unless he's a Christian and actually has real high morals, is not going to think, "Well, I'm just going to keep my I'm going to keep all my employees and I'll take the cut." Now, so- not to say there's any out there, but 
but that's what's going to happen. So that's going to hurt them in that way too. And even the poor person is in reaction to more and more laws is where I'm getting in reaction to more and more laws. Everyone rich or poor is just going to react with how do I still get mine? And how do I still keep mine? How do I get around this law? Right. Right. And, and again, our, our focus as Christians should always be more freedom, more freedom. Mm -hmm. Sin enslaves us. So we should not be immediately turning to more law, more rules, more rules. And we're not pragmatists either, right? That's, that's the problem with the social justice warriors is they say, see, there is this disparity. More black people are arrested. There are more black people in our prisons. So therefore we should just not arrest black people. All black people are innocent or the me too movement, Mm -hmm. you know, all women, we should listen to all women, right? Because they're actually, there are a lot of women who are too scared to come forward and confront the people mm-hmm. who are harming them. So therefore, when a woman does come forward, we should just believe them and that will encourage more women to be more bold. Believe all women, believe all black people, believe all what, I mean, but this too is not justice. Right. Like there still has to be witnesses. Like God's law is actually the best law because it protects everyone. It doesn't matter if you're black. It doesn't matter if you're white. It doesn't matter if you're the cop. Or if you're the guy who was arrested on the street for selling cigarettes without a license, or if you are, you know, the woman in uh, accusing a man of rape, it doesn't matter if you were the man being falsely accused of rape. Mm -hmm. If we just follow God's law, it actually protects everyone and it betters everyone. And so this is one of the things that we wanted to talk about was just how God's law actually is the best law. And if you don't hold to God's law, you'll always be ruled over by antinomians meaning those who are lawless right yeah we Which can is what we're looking at right now right yeah i mean in the rulers and in the right rioters you can look at that man who i mean i don't know many people honestly who think that george floyd wasn't murdered i'm i know they're out there i know they're out there yeah I, I but on know. my social media feed even like people on both sides of the political spectrum. I think everyone thinks that George Floyd was murdered right. and that the cops should be held liable for yeah, his crimes. For that. Um, right. It's the reaction that we're talking about, right? So how do we respond to that? How do we respond to that kind of situation? Right. Is that where we're going to well, I had just have, about now? I have been like writing down a few things that yeah. I just wanted to briefly touch on that's probably as nitpicky as we're going to be as far as like getting into God's law. I know you were going to read something, but like, we're not going to try and like case law this thing really. That's not really our whole intention because there are still facts coming out. Like I know that there was a medical examiner report that came out even today. And there's, and then that means there's two now so far. There are two and they're conflicting and it's just going to be a whole thing. So I, I'd rather, I'd rather not get into the case law of it until all the facts do come out. Mm -hmm. Um, but one thing that we did want to say was that the fact that Christians immediately ran to empathy into making this a race thing was disturbing. Yes. Now that is not to say that racism was not involved. I don't know for this particular officer, if he is racist, I don't know. I don't Mm -hmm. know him. I don't know anything of his history. He could have just been feeling like a jerk that day. Maybe he just got done 
like, you know, handling something really ridiculous 30 minutes ago and he's all jacked up on adrenaline and he just felt like being a jerk in that moment. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He very well could be a, it's Minneapolis. I know from personal experience that Minneapolis can be really dark when it comes to racism and there's and a lot of Muslim community there and it can, it can be very tense. Yeah. Somali Muslim community. Yes. It's large. Um, but I don't know if he was racist. Mm -hmm. It looks really bad for him, right? It looks really bad in light of the Ahmad Arbery situation, right? which is a whole other topic altogether. <laughs> yeah. um, true Crime Garage actually did a really good show on Ahmad Arbery. If you guys yeah. like true crime, they did a very good, fair. Very balanced. Yeah, very good. Um, very factual. Side note. Anyway. Free chicken. Um. If if he was being racist, then racism is a sin. Right. Certainly. Is it a crime? Uh, is just being a racist in your heart a crime? No. Right. It's a sin. Right. Damnable, to, you know, tell. Right. Which it, should be repudiated and is an abomination absolutely. before God because all people are made in his image and are worthy of dignity, value, and respect and love. Now, if that racism led him to murder... Murder is now both a sin a and a crime. Right. And, um, and the thing that should make us mad when we look at the George Floyd thing um, is not so much that this could have been a racist crime, but that what happened was an image bearer of God was murdered. Right. And I'm thinking of the story of Cain and Abel, you know, um, it was like, we don't know what their race, their Skin color their skin was. color was the bible never tells us because that actually isn't what matters what matters is that the image of god is being snuffed out mm -hmm. prematurely right? right and in in genesis 9 i believe it is when god reiterates the cultural mandate to noah and then hands noah the um the ability to execute capital punishment mm -hmm. god says that it's because man is made in god's image that you take you know, blood for blood like right. life for life and that that's that was god's reason right and so when when it, it may be a race issue which is horrible and does exist when we make it that and we forget about the well let's get two three witnesses and um ensure that this guy is held to um God's standard for, you know, punishment for murder. Like let's, mm -hmm. let's, let's get him executed right. right rightfully under due process, cross-examination, two, three witnesses, present right. the evidence, do it the right Which way. Which honestly probably wouldn't be that hard because we have video of it. Right. Uh, exactly. There's like a million witnesses yeah. <laughs> or more and, um, and do it the right way and get justice for the crime right. of murder. Right. But if it's just, uh, about racism well what if the color was swapped out what if it was right. a black cop and it was a black or guy? what if it was a white cop and a mexican man or what right, if whatever. it was i mean you you can make any combination and it doesn't really matter because either way it's murder and in according to god's law if it is murder then the just um pe pe uh, penalty for murder is the death penalty right then that's what should happen but this is where I keep thinking of um, these 
rioters and these looters. And I just keep thinking like, this is what happens when you're just mad Mm -hmm. and you don't really know what you want. You're just angry because if this really is about justice, I have said for years that we need reforms in our justice system, biblical reforms. The justice system is terrible. I will never understand how you can get a slap on the wrist for raping a woman, Mm -hmm. but you can end up in 30 years in prison for cheating on your taxes. Yeah. It just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Right. The whole system is totally corrupt. Where the public ends up paying for you to sit in that prison. Right. And so this is where I think that it's slightly misguided because you can't be like a dog chasing a squirrel. Once you get the squirrel, you don't even know what you're going to do with it. Like you have to, if you're going to protest something, you have to know what the demands are. What are you demanding? Are you demanding that all cops wear cameras? Are you demanding uh, social reforms? Are you demanding... um, I mean, I can't even, whatever, whatever it is, what, what is it that you were asking for? Yeah. And I know at first they said what they were asking for was justice for George Floyd. But, but once again, cops have been arrested now. But by what standard are we saying justice? Right. Because for a lot of people, they would say, well, throw him in jail for the rest of his life. But that's not justice. That's no. healing the wound softly. Yeah. George Floyd's life was taken. So if the cop who did that's life is not taken then it wasn't a then it's not justice. equal measure. That wasn't no. an equal measure, equal weights. And so that's where I'm saying I would actually go further than many of these protesters. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want this guy to just be thrown in prison. If he did, in fact, murder mm-hmm. this man, this image bearer of God, then his life is required of him. Right. He should be put to death. Then let's go all the way. If we want justice, then let's actually get justice. And because in our system right now, I'm just thinking about the rioting and the destruction of property and even the looting, right? Target in Minneapolis got completely looted and torn apart. And they're They're, actually closing a lot of targets even in our area because they're afraid that's going to happen here. Target will will take a hit as far as sales go because people are going to be scared to go to the store. Right. But all the damage and even most of these buildings and all the kind of stuff, what are they going to do? They're going to file insurance claims and or... But it still gonna... hurts someone, right? This is the thing. is It's not a victimless crime. Yeah, yeah. So they're down... We're, we're videoing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Guy, let me finish. Guy, let me finish. Um, but even the ones who... Okay. For those of you who couldn't see that, Grant was hushing me. Yeah. It happens a lot. Um <laughs> The insurance claims, right? But all that does is make premiums go up. Right. Which is everybody. Because the insurance company needs to make their money back. Right. Or uh, business is going to go out of, they're going to file bankruptcy or whatever in default. But at some level, we are all going to pay it back in either premiums or taxes. Absolutely. Somehow. Yeah. That's what's just going to happen down the road. Yep. So, and that's why a lot of people are saying, I've been seeing this a lot. A lot of uh, black people are telling these Black Lives uh, Matter groups, like, stop, you're just hurting us. Yep. There have been many videos of business owners in Minneapolis who are like, I I poured my life into building this business. And I think of people like my father's family Mm -hmm. who did work so hard when they came to America to just like, just get by, just feed their kids, just try and like 
make it uh, a little bit better for the next generation and their family. And I just think like, what a shame it would be if a group of thugs came in and destroyed everything that you had worked so hard for. Like that is just such a sad thought. And actually I saw a video today of some rioters burning like this little shopping cart and mattress and stuff of a homeless person. Like they had a bonfire and they took all this homeless man stuff and they just threw it into the fire and burned it. And this homeless guy's like, what are you doing? This is my stuff. I live here. What are you doing? Wow. And I'm just thinking like, you are so angry and yet you don't even see what it is that you are doing to your fellow man. Mm -hmm. The thing that you hate and you are supposedly protesting is the very thing that you are becoming when you are harming someone else. Right. And you have to just stop and think. And this is not the case for everyone, right? No, no, no. We're talking about the ones guilty, the ones. Because I, I do have Christian friends on Facebook who have joined protests throughout mm-hmm. the country. Right. And they have been, you know, some peaceful protests. And there have been, um, I'm thinking of the one in Fond du Lac where I think it was the chief of police actually came out and was like, hey, my police force is out here we're mostly off duty. We're marching with you because we to see that changes need to be made. So we're not out here to police you. We're out here to march with you. And like they, even they, the police officers themselves, I think like we can do this better. Yeah. So I think part of what sparked our desire to record this and talk about this though, is that we were seeing a lot of Christians justifying the looters. Yes. Right. And so this is the one verse that I did want to read from God's law, which even from the New Testament, many know, do not repay evil for evil. Right. Right. We Usually we know that one. I think it's Romans. And, um, but in God's law, Exodus 23, verse one, it just says, you shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. You shall not fall in with the many to do evil, nor shall you bear false witness in a lawsuit siding with the many so as to pervert justice, nor shall you be partial to a poor man in his lawsuit. So there's a lot packed in there, but mainly it's just the, Mm -hmm. if the crowd is going one way, you are not to just join them. Which is why we've been so careful not to just join into the rage but we've seen christians share this and say things like well how are so they supposed to express their frustration does that all of a sudden not make it evil right as though you can justify sin right if if enough evil is done to you then your sin is justified that's what they're saying right yeah because there have been so many heinous crimes done against this minority group or, you know, this, these murders happened. And so now we can justify breaking God's commandments. Right. What? No. Mm-hmm. That equal weights and measures. And this is true on both sides, right? Like you shall not take a bribe. That means also the cops can't cover for other cops. Right. Now, and Erica and I will quickly... Uh, um, what am I looking D- for? Dismiss the concept that all cops are great yeah, or that the justice system the whole, is flawless. Yeah, the whole blue line. Thin uh, blue line. Thin blue line thing. And like, we will quickly, mm-hmm. um, gosh, what word am I looking for? I don't know. 
we will agree with those who say like this police department is doing wickedness right here. And we will quickly be like, yep, you're right. We are definitely not the just support cops. They're out here to protect and serve full scale, you know, all don't across ever, the board. Don't ever question the government. Yeah, forget that. I mean, nonsense. if you've been listening to our podcast during this whole COVID epidemic, you should know. Right. You certainly are not the people who are like, just trust the government. They're always looking out for you. Negative. No, not at all. No. I mean, we just got in trouble with the Parks and Rec and the MIPD the other day at the beach. So Listen, you better let my daughter get some water from the ocean. That's all <laughs> I got to say. Leave her alone. So here's the thing, right? And I feel the struggle of this because my personality is so contrarian by nature. Mm-hmm. It's just me being a sinner. But like, I've always <laughs> just had this like, how dare you tell me what I can and cannot do type of personality, which mm-hmm. is I'm sure was great to parent. And it's probably wonderful to, you know be the head of of me so kudos to you it's a joy but to some extent every christian should constantly be questioning the narrative that is being told to them on like and on every plane just all the time whether it's media whether it is your christian friends whether Mm -hmm. it is christian radio like i don't care what it is you should constantly be questioning it and filtering it through the word of god yeah be bereans so just because the cops are telling you this is what happened doesn't mean the cops are right they're telling the truth like i i don't even know how like in certain cases there isn't someone recording Mm -hmm. the injustice and so I know that there are cases where terrible things have happened and justice was not done. Mm -hmm. And I can't even imagine the frustration of that, right? Yeah, well, and this is why sticking to the the law of God, which is so much smaller than the law of our land and provides way more freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Also, um, the whole two or three witnesses required for any charge to be established. Right. And once again, that goes both ways. And that's kind of the point. It's like, okay, so there may be situations where, um, and I don't even want to keep talking about like a black person. It could be a white guy. It could be anyone where you are arrested for a certain crime. You're thrown in jail. This great injustice happens. You know, you're innocent, whatever. Now you, you know, are the victim of, police brutality let's say okay that sucks right Mm -hmm. but in order for that police officer to charge you according to god's law he couldn't just manufacture like a crime or a thing that he thought he saw you doing or he thought you were about to do or whatever he himself also had to have two or three witnesses before he did arrest you or charge you with the crime or whatever it is Mm -hmm. so it is a benefit to you And it is a benefit to him because if you are charging him with brutality, Hey, he kicked me in the face. He's being harsh and rough. Like there also has to be um, evidence evidence of that as well. Right. There has to be two or three ways. So that's what I'm saying. Like God's law really does protect both parties. Yep. But there are clear, there are laws in the Bible that are very, very clear that both sides right now are, breaking absolutely and we feel very much stuck in the middle where because there's this false dichotomy being presented that you are either with the poor black people who are being 
you know, yeah. murdered in the streets, quite literally, or you are with these cops who are trying to stop these rioters and these yeah. looters. They're, they're tyrannical and disgusting and, on and it's and like, it yeah. there can be a third option here. Mm-hmm. You Which can, is both of you are wrong. <laughs> yeah, you can hate that murder happens and that there is injustice um, in amidst the ranks point, of cops. Yeah. You can point out the injustice and the murder going on and want justice, right? but not set a literal fire. And if you're being consistent, you must. If you are being consistent and you actually just hate when someone is harmed without just cause, then you must hate the rioters and the looters and you must hate the cops who are murdering people who are innocent. Yep. That's, it's just what's required of you. Yep. Otherwise you are a hypocrite. I like it. Those well put. Yeah. So very well put. And it's not very uh you had uh you had a note that you wrote down there about it not being very post mill. Oh yeah. Right? The rioting and all that is not very post mill. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean by that? I mean that we are called to build something. Mm-hmm. And when you are quite literally setting things on fire and tearing things apart, you're doing the opposite of what God actually has commanded his people to do. And again, we we're thinking about this knowing Christians who are encouraging the rioting and justifying And it. even if they're not encouraging it, they're trying to be like, I'm going to wink at it and be like, it's wrong, but they're just really upset, right? They're just mm-hmm. really upset. And, I, and Grant and I were talking earlier, like, put this in any other context. Put this in like a context of you are a parent in the grocery store and your kid starts pitching a fit because- and you just get really upset. Because they feel like you promised them a stick of gum if they were really good. And then Mm -hmm. you get to the register and there's no gum. They're just sold out. And so your kid's like really upset. They feel like they were lied to. This grave injustice happened. And so they They were really good in the store and now they don't even get gum. And they melt down, freak out, whatever. Pour out all the candy in the whole aisle and start trashing the place. And just start like, yeah, flipping, you know, all the displays in the checkout. Like as a parent, do you just stop and be like... They I mean, were, how else are they supposed to express it? They were really, really hurt. I mean, an injustice, they're in, the injustice is legitimate. I did promise them this thing. Right. The Constitution did promise them this thing, <laughs> yeah. and they didn't get it. Right. So them destroying the entire checkout is justified because they have no other way to express themselves. No, we would never say that is a good and right, healthy way not for mention, someone to respond to an injustice. Right. And not to mention, which is what God always commands to our weaknesses. That's what Doug Wilson says all the time. Right. God always commands to our weaknesses. We are told so often to be self-controlled. Right. Probably because God knows that's a weakness of ours that we yeah. tend to not be. And so he says, hey, remember, fruit of the spirit, self-control. Right. And he says in other places, be sober-minded and, you know, be circumspect and all these types right. of things so that you don't flip stuff. Right. Because now when you start flipping apart the grocery store, you're, you're you know, eight-year-olds flipping the checkout aisle mm-hmm. onto its head. Now what's happening is the grocery store owner is out this product. Now you're, now you are creating another victim. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Very good point. 
you've multiplied the victims now. Yep. Rather than helped the situation. Exactly. So you, you it's to, it's so disappointing. And I can think of like several social justice type people. Like Lauren Chandler was one of them. I saw Trillia Newbell. I saw, of course, Barnabas Piper mm-hmm. and like, you know, all those and again, gospel and- coalition-y type people who, yeah. who did not just say, I feel for George Floyd and I am praying that justice happens or whatever, but are actually justifying the riots and the looting. Wow. Like that's the part where I'm like, very disappointed. I understand being upset about murder. Like all Christians should be upset about murder. Mm-hmm. All Christians should hate that the image of God was disrespected right. like that. Which is why we should hate abortion at the same time. Exactly. But how many Christians can't get their lazy butt off the couch and go protest abortion, mm-hmm. but who are willing to go to these protests? Like I, I can list probably five people on my social media feed who've never once posted about abortion, who've never once protested abortion, who would call themselves Christians, right? but then have gone out to their local protest to protest the injustice that happened to George Floyd, which legitimate or not, I'm, that's not even my point. Yeah. My point being, if they cared so much about black people being murdered, why is your butt not out at Planned Parenthood protesting every day? Because yep. there are more black babies killed mm-hmm. at Planned Parenthood than there is by police brutality and then some. Right, yeah. And multiple times over. You are being inconsistent. Yeah. Stop it. And what we and when you know these issues come up, we keep trying to point out like we should be following God's law, we should be right. striving to show the wisdom of God's law and our society should should follow God's law because right. a lot of these frustrations that these minority communities or whoever have wouldn't be a problem if we followed God's law. That's why we right. keep saying this over and over again that you know the, the more I've dug into the law and studied it and realized the wisdom there, I'm like, man, this would be so much better. The if we just followed God's law, the jails would be, you know, jails and prisons would be darn near empty. Yeah. And people would actually, you know, be a little more encouraged to walk a little straighter because punishments would be swifter. Well, and and the the cops' jobs would be easier too because they'd have mm -hmm. less on their plate. Right. Um, So so that's why we keep bringing everything back to God's law. I know in the beginning we're talking about like arbitrary laws and how they do tend to be unjust weights and measures towards the poor person and you just read in god's law that like we our eyes should not have pity even towards the poor yeah, right we're not to be partial so when the poor yeah. person actually does do the theft we don't just say oh man it's okay don't worry about it you know right i'll i got you this time like i'll give the store owner my own 20 out of my pocket and i'm just gonna pretend like this never happened like yeah. that actually isn't justice either right no, that's the, not what we're calling for. The the victim can forgive. Right. But if you're the judge, you aren't to be partial towards or the, the cop. poor person. Or the cop. Yeah, yeah. Or the cop or anyone making decisions like that. Right. Now, if you stole from me, I can say, hey, judge, forgive him. Right. And I can forgive the guy and right. say, don't, don't, uh, don't require restitution or whatever it is. Right. Uh, but not a judge. Right. 
And I think it is important to realize that there does need to be massive changes to our justice system. Mm -hmm. And if we don't do that, then we will continue on in this lawless massacre is really what it is. We would, we would continue to head towards another revolution. Honestly, I think. I mean, we're there, like we're under a curfew right now. Right. Yeah. Like we're not far off. And that's where so, you know, this, it's that weird false like dichotomy of every time I speak, I feel as though I'm more in between sounding like a social justice warrior versus sounding apathetic. And neither one of those things actually is true. I think if you feel the tension, then you're probably in the right spot, you know, because yeah. I think both both sides are wrong in so many ways. So you have right. to feel attention and then that's probably where you should be. And then it's like, just read and obey God's word. That really is the solution. Read mm-hmm. and obey God's word. Don't lie. Cops don't make up charges, right? Yeah. Don't cover for each other. When you know a fellow cop is doing something shady, don't make up an alibi for him or whatever. And then same on the street. Like if you saw someone doing a crime before your eyes, don't lie and say you didn't say didn't see it. Don't lie and say no he didn't do that, man. Right. Like don't do that. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't murder. Right. Like just follow God's law. And actually if we were to follow God's law on adultery, we probably wouldn't have much of a need for planned parenthood either, would we? Exactly. Just saying. I'm telling you a lot of these things would would start to really work themselves out if God's law was followed. Yep. And, you know, people get scared, like, oh, my gosh, we'd have executions all the time. No, that is the maximum allowed right. penalty for those crimes. Right. And there's, there's a very small amount of crimes in God's law that it required um, the death penalty. Right. But a lot of those, the, the victim can choose, mm-hmm. you know, no, I don't want it to be that you know, I don't want them to be put to death. I forgive them or, right. or whatever. Right. Was there anything, I mean, I feel like what? <laughs> there's just so much to be said because there is so much nuance when you talk about individual cases. And that's where I would just love to sit down mm-hmm. at some point when all the details do come out and just be like, okay, here are the actual facts. These are where Um, These are the instances where God's law was in fact broken. And according to God's law, this is what should have happened. Right. And And then, you know, and even God's law requires cross-examination. Yeah. It requires that both sides question, you know, the accused and the accuser. That's. But. So all that to say, I think we need to really love due process. You know what I mean? And be slow to speak right? This whole like silence is complicity thing is just nowhere in the Bible. Like everyone can post that on their Facebook, hashtag the crap out of it. I really don't care. Thanks to BD on Abuile. Like it's just not a biblical concept. Actually, the Bible says silence is golden. Like when you are (laughs) silent, you at least are not proving yourself to be a fool. So Mm -hmm. if you don't know the facts, then you're just best to shut up about it, really. That's really where it stands. And so that's not to say you cannot speak out against injustice, but you must first know where the injustice is and by what standard it actually is unjust. Right. If you don't have a standard, if it's just your feelings were hurt or you feel as though someone was like super mean to you 
or whatever, like that's not an actual standard, no. right? No, that's a house built on, on sand. Right. And so once again, we're not saying that there is no uh, actual injustice that happened. I think there's a lot right now. I, I know there is a lot. And that's, yeah. this is where I get social justice sounding. Look, I know that there is racism and in particular regions, it is stronger. Yeah, right. I know that I have plenty of black friends, of brown friends. The majority of my friends actually are brown or black, like yeah. throughout my life. Right. And I have been with them on multiple occasions where they have had situations happen that would never happen to me. Just there's no reason for it. There's no reason they mm -hmm. were pulled over or, you know, the store owner asked to see inside their shopping bag and not mine or whatever it is. Like I know it happens. Yeah. But the answer is not to then turn around and throw a brick into the owner of the store's window. Right. That's not the answer. Well, and then ultimately we, we change culture by the gospel, right? What's that? Ultimately, we change culture by the gospel. So right? setting a fire to a homeless man's mattress isn't going to change everything? No. And retweeting or sharing somebody's, you know, statement about the riots or whatever is not going to do as much good as sharing the gospel would be. You know what it really is? I actually saw, I don't know who it was. It was just on like a Channel 12 yeah. Facebook feed kind of, it was some stranger, totally stranger. And it was basically like 21 ways that you can help uh, people of color. Okay. Whatever it was, some article, right? Mm -hmm. And this one black person, according to their um, little profile picture, whatever, this one black girl was like, basically like, shut up with this. This is stupid. I don't okay. want your empathy. Yeah. Like, this is all useless. Just stop with it. Wow. And I thought, she's kind of right. Like, if you, if you really stop and think about retweeting something or sharing a Facebook status, it does nothing. Not really. Not if you're a Christian, you should know this. Because the only way you can really affect any change in the world is by the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Like, dead people need to be made alive people by the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the preaching of the gospel. Through the preaching of the gospel. Which happens in church. And by that, by being put under, you know, the word of God, having mm -hmm. the word of God wash over you and change you, that is going to weed out the racism. Exactly. That's going to weed out the lawless nature of the heart. That will weed out an unjust attitude in your heart. So if you think you actually are going to share anything on Facebook, don't share like a virtue signal, like I... I love and care about black people. Or I love and care about George Floyd's legacy or like yeah. good for you. That literally it does nothing. It's like yeah. sending good vibes out into the universe. It means nothing. It means nothing. It doesn't actually do anything. Share the gospel. Go stand outside Planned Parenthood. Like actually do something that is going to impact kingdom growth. Don't tear things apart. Go build Christ's kingdom. That's how you impact change. Stop with the empathy. Stop with the, like, all the hearts and the feels. And, like, it's just virtue signaling. And they can see right through it. And that, yeah, and that was my point with that girl. Yeah. She was just like, this they is stupid. They see that stupid. it's just smoke and mirrors. You just want to feel like the one white person who, right. who cares about black people. You're patting yourself on the back. But it's That's like. That's all it looks like now. Yeah, it, it means nothing.
speak the truth. Yep. Speak the truth. Share the truth. Get your churches back up and running. <laughs> if they're not yet, you know, that was the thing. Where was all the Christians protest to churches being shut down? More Christians than not were totally fine with Zoom church. And I know we already hashed this out early on in this COVID thing, but but then they weren't sharing on social media, you know, and an outrage against not being able to meet. But then now this happens and they're totally on board. But all it shows is that Christians, more Christians than not, are just totally on board with whatever the spirit of the age is, mm-hmm. whatever the culture well, is. Well, in those same Christians that I mentioned before, the, you know, gospel coalition-y yeah. type people, the evangelical leaders, um, they were all shoving Romans 13 down our throat not so long ago. Now, all of a sudden, they're telling us to question our governing authorities. Right. So which is it? Do we obey them or do we question them? Do we obey them or are they corrupt and we shouldn't follow them? Do we protest against them or should we just listen to everything they say because they know what's best for us and God has appointed mm. them over us? Which one is it? You know, it? it's kind of funny. This is it's not funny. But it is ironic because it's almost like God saying, oh, you want to just blindly follow leaders that are that are following you know, un, unjust things. Well, here you go. You're going to follow him now. It's God handing us over to our debased desires. Right. Well, he's just showing them the foolishness of throwing Romans 13 all around Yep. and misusing his word. Yep. And so, so which is it guys? Like we have to decide, do we obey the governing authorities all the time? Because they're always right and they shouldn't be questioned. Mm -hmm. Or are we saying perhaps they're not like, you know, Perhaps there's a higher standard we're called to that we should hold them to and we should follow no matter what. And that's the thing. As a Christian, it doesn't much matter what's going around you or what's happened in the past. Mm -hmm. And this is another like psychological thing that Sandra and I were talking about when she was here. Mm -hmm. So bear with me because I have a point. Okay. I'm going to go the long way around, but we're going to get there. Is it going to be beautiful, scenic route? Maybe. Okay. Um, depends on how many times I get distracted. Okay. Oftentimes, when I will be giving women counsel, I will hear excuses like, yeah, well, I was abused by my parents, mm-hmm. or my dad was never around, or- My husband does this. Right. Um, Doesn't do this. And they're pointing to- where they were a victim in the past, where something traumatic happened to them in the past. And that's why they act like they do now. Right. And I was just telling this to Sandra because we were discussing something. And I just was telling her, like, it doesn't matter. Like, our history really does not matter. And I don't mean that in the sense of, like, we don't remember all the faithfulness of God. Of course we do. What I'm saying is your past traumas do not get to dictate whether or not you obey God today and tomorrow. Yeah. If in fact something bad happened to you 20 years ago or 20 days ago, it doesn't really matter. You need to decide today, will I obey God whether I like whether I like it, whether it feels comfortable, or am I going to disobey him and use this past sin that was committed against me to justify my sin against God today? Right. And Peter, I think it's Peter who specifically talks about God redeeming you from the sins of your fathers. Yeah. Right there. 
that you have no excuse and that all Christians are called to obey no matter what. Right. You know, there, there is no asterisk. I think that's on purpose. Right. Times are always changing, but God's word never does. And so it speaks into every type of culture um, at every point in your life. Whatever right. it is that's going on, it will still apply and it'll still mean I mean, something. otherwise, it's like a tennis game of sin, right? Like someone sins against you, so they mm-hmm. serve, or is that volleyball? I don't know. I'm not a sports person. No, it's tennis. But it's like, you know, they I go think... back and forth, back and forth. You sinned against me, so now I can allow I'll this at you. Along. This is and good. then they sinned. So it's like back and forth. And it's like, where does that end? Right. Like sin is never justified. No, it's a, it's a psychobabble, evolutionary way of thinking of the human being. Right. Um, with it's gospel, list. it's environmental conditioning, and and yeah, it, it's image of Godless mm-hmm. and gospelless. You know, it's it's a materialistic way of looking at humans as the people who say that. But if you've noticed how many people say that that are even Christian, mm-hmm. they've been conditioned some somewhere. Yeah, public school, the world, movies, Often whatever in it church. is. And then churches pick up on it too. But that's because the churches have abandoned the sufficiency and, of scripture. And that is not to say that what happened to you in your past doesn't in some way shape who you are, right? right? Because like if you were uh, a child who grew up in a fatherless home, to some extent that did shape who you are. But that does not define whether or not you follow Christ or whether or not you get to disobey Christ. Because well, none of it is bigger or more powerful than the work of the Holy Spirit right. in you. Right. Right. No one's going to admit that. So right, right there, your excuse is crushed. Right. So speaking of that word crushed, we can be done after this. But right. I was listening to the cross politic guys. Mm-hmm. Good job, were, guys. Yeah. And they were talking about this whole riot protest thing and how um, like a lot of the taglines of this movement have been like, I can't breathe. And they're talking about how this man's head was crushed. His neck was crushed Mm -hmm. and how it's funny, not funny in a ha ha way, but like ironic how just like George Floyd's neck was crushed. So these rioters and looters are crushing business owners. Mm -hmm. They're harming other people. So, uh, George Floyd's neck was crushed and now these business owners are being crushed. The government is crushing people by their unjust laws. And I, what instantly popped into my mind when they were talking about this was just how um, James Jordan always talks about uh, symbols and imagery and how the church um, has just lost the ability to interpret symbols, Mm -hmm. but Satan hasn't, right? Satan loves to use imagery and twist imagery, which is why we have things like the homosexual mirage. And so we take a- When they use the rainbow. Right. We take a symbol and we pervert it. Mm -hmm. And we can look at the Bible where it talks about the uh, Proto-Evangelion where God promises to um, Eve that she would give birth to someone who would crush the head of Satan, which we know is Jesus. Jesus crushed the head of Satan um, on the cross. Mm -hmm. And where was Jesus crucified? Golgotha, which is the place of the skull. So there's all this beautiful imagery um, happening throughout scripture, this beautiful gospel imagery of the serpent's head being crushed. And then you look at how Satan through sin perverts symbology and you see Floyd's neck being crushed and businesses and livelihoods being crushed Mm -hmm. and the government being oppressive in a crushing regime. And losing their life. And it's like, 
this is demonic. Right. Like we do have an enemy y'all and it is way bigger than what you even realize. And unless you start deeming churches essential, unless you start sharing the gospel, you're, I don't even know what you're doing with your life. It's a whole bunch of nothing. You can protest till you're blue in the face. It's not going to do anything because our enemies are spiritual. Right. We need Jesus. They're not flesh and blood enemies. Right. Yep. That is a great place to wrap it up. So I hope this was cohesive enough. Yeah. I hope, I hope, I hope we helped you sort through some of this stuff and, and to see where, you know, a Christian's uh, morals and ethics should be driving them Mm -hmm. rather than going along with the many. Sometimes we feel like we're not doing enough, right? All I can do is Mm -hmm. pray. All I can do is raise my kids in a biblical way. And I can't, I don't have any other influence, especially as a mom. Like sometimes it feels that way, right? Like I can't be some great, you know, change and impact in the world until you realize, no, that it actually is how you change the world. Exactly. Yep. You pray and you disciple. It's called subversion. You build. That's what you do. That's right. A wise woman builds. Yeah. Don't, don't be, don't be hasty to build that house on the sand. Build the house on the rock. Yep. All right. Okay. I hope you guys enjoyed this and that you were edified. Drop us a comment or a message uh, we love to hear from you. If we said something or misspoke, we're sorry. Like, Correct it, us. It is not our intention to be confusing. It's just a really heavy topic that we both feel very passionately about. And I didn't want to speak like too far into, you know, like. Yeah, like we could, we could zoom in on so many areas, right. but we felt it more beneficial to zoom out a little bit and take a broader chunk. Exactly. If that makes any sense. So. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. As always, we greatly appreciate it. We love you. We pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened by the power of the spirit. And until next time, get woke. Yeah. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gained, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect this at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart from original sin, the effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a dark state, Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames, left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames, cause we're powerless to change, if you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily, as you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3.
you peep this, you'll see that verse one is my thesis. It's the deepest truth that should get you speechless. What scripture teaches will fill in the missing pieces. Picture Jesus meeting up with Nicodemus. Perhaps it was fright about the other Pharisees' wicked spite against Christ that turned this into Nick at night. He called the rabbi and gave him props, said he was a teacher from God. Jesus replied, made him stop. Regarding the kingdom of God, no one's going in. In fact, you can't even see it unless you're born again. That must have consumed and stretched his mind, cause he said, can a man enter his mother's womb a second time? Naturalistically, the only way for him to hear it. Jesus said you must be born of the water and the spirit. No other way to enter heaven. That sounds like Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27. In this new birth, the spirit is the source and the agent. The water symbolizes spiritual purification. Flesh can only produce flesh. That's true and factual. Regenerating work of the spirit is supernatural. It's kind of like the wind, which is free. East to west can't perceive the steps. You can only see its effects in the same way the Holy Spirit chooses who he pleases to sovereignly open their eyes to the truth of Jesus. For the spirit's mysterious operation uh-huh. We will all be under serious condemnation I'd still be rejecting the sun If God hadn't said let there be light Like Genesis 1 yeah. And just like the light could not refuse to shine Irresistible grace has renewed my mind Let's exalt the king who died and truly is risen The new birth is not the effect of human decision But the cause It changes our natural habitation The situation It's a radical transformation I was cursed and polluted So my dirt was inexcusable With new internal Pupils, his person is beautiful, his worth is indisputable, the lamb is amazing, a standing ovation for his work in the crucible, so let us respond with true worship and love to the God who was given new birth from above.